Um, I wanted to ask you um, just kind of like, you know, who uh, Nico Jenkins is, like who you are as a person, you know, outside of, you know, everything that's happened with the case and everything, who who are you as a person? Well, I, I How was it living out there in the Midwest? Those, those, uh, those, well, I still get the voice. 
type of stuff happens like do you try to like calm yourself down or it's just something that you can't control like well when i'm out on the medication i can't control it like either i cut myself up or i hurt somebody else Right now, you talking on the phone right now. That's helpful. Helpful for you. some things that you um like to do as a child you know outside of like all the craziness that like you went through were there like any hobbies or anything that you like to do when you were a kid well i like to play i like to play basketball you sing one time on a video you have a nice voice thank you you're welcome yeah that's that's a that's a good trait to have i used to sing when i was little i kind of like kind of lost touch with it but singing and, and, and music and everything is very therapeutic for me as well And I think you just told me this, but um, what age were you when you first started hearing the voices? And um, like, how did you, um, um, were you at school when this first happened, when you were a kid? And like, how did like the school and stuff handle it? If you remember. I don't remember from the time when I was like four years old before I went to school, like four or five years old. Mm -hmm. And then like, I had to go to school and I was in the place. So that was, a, I did that at most yeah, I read about that. Wow. That was the first time I had any fun with them all. But yeah, I remember getting pissed in the air and stuff like that. And like, um, 
that's the intelligence that one is age. I say about four and five. Wow, wow. So um, I also had read that you were like in um, a lot of um, foster foster homes and stuff like that. Um, how was that for you? Was that like, I'm sure that was traumatic for you, but how was your experience with that and how did you deal with that? It was traumatic to me, but I didn't really spend too much time in the foster care system. Uh, okay. Tell people all the time there's no greater bond than you know a, a bond between the mother and the child. I um, unfortunately don't have my mother anymore, she passed away 12 years ago. So, um, I tell people out there if you have your mother, you know, love on her. My podcast, um, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry.
maybe taking the psychology that made Mark Wattage to become Mark Wattage, a psychologist that wasn't even my doctor. We told the the graduation that would have got to the committee. I don't want to just do an interview with you. You know what I mean? I want you to like. I want to like engage with your listeners. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, like absolutely. Call in and talk to me if they want to. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, ask me questions about not just my mind, not just what happened to me, but like the main thing is that I don't want to look at me as a monster and what the media has portrayed me to be, what the media has put out there, like all those TikTok videos that people are. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I had nothing to do with none of that stuff. I had nothing to do with none of that stuff. They just did that on their own, you know? And that's not who I am, you know? And and basically, I don't glorify being mentally ill and insane and probably crying and know what I was doing. I didn't have any control over myself and my actions. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I one of the things that I want people to know. And that's one reason why I wanted to all everyone to be the hell on four twenty four and then talk to them. You know, they talk to me from their hearts mm-hmm. and tell me what they feel and what they think, you know. Right. Well, you know, me reaching out to you, I, I felt something on my spirit. I wanted to reach out and talk to you because, you know, I, I, I look at you as a human being with a heart you know, and I was led to reach out to you because, you know, we all, we all fall, fall short and, you know, you can't judge people, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I, I was really led to, you know, reach out to you and, you know, you know, want to talk to you. Yeah, but uh, the main thing, the main thing that, like I said before, is that I have a good heart, I have a heart of gold, you know, and the things that happen to me are very important to me that I live solitary confinement and all the torturing that they did to me in this prison. So, um, and then I was in addition to society. The crazy part about it is the LR-424, the main thing about it is I told them not to let me out. This is something that I do all the time. I read about that. About Nicole I told them to not let me out. I told them that I wanted to go to the hospital. I told them along if I would have what my name is at Yonkville because they didn't have a board of mental health hearing. Mm-hmm. This is where the sabotage came into play. The county attorney, the county attorney from Johnson County, Tecumseh, Nebraska, called up to the Tecumseh prison and asked him, was I really dangerous? And at the time, I was. And that's why I want to see this evaluation because she's, the doctor is, is, is saying that I'm still a friend my prototype. She's saying that at this time, I appeared to be really feeling dangerous. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, if you want me to, I'll read it into the record right now. The evaluation, if you want me to, I can do that. I was just thinking about that. I was like, that's the way that I can get it out here right now. Yeah, that's fine. You can read it real fast. Very closely to this, and 
and know that I never wanted to hurt anybody and that I would have, if Dr. McWilliams would have never withheld this evaluation from the county attorney of Johnson County, Richard Smith, I would have been sent to the, uh, in front of the Board of Mental Health where I had the power to commit myself if I would have just admitted to everything that I said was, was okay, says. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to read it right now, says. This is from Dr. Madeline Baker. This is this is a female psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. She says that with the patients today who reports continued difficulties with mental health issues, anger, and self-harm behaviors, she is currently on 15-minute check as broken the sprint brigade. She is upset about not having this property. Patient reports she wants oral psychiatry, which further elaborates the treatment of this behaviors and personality. Objective mental status 
there. Spoon is there. There are no owners, patients, dressings, boxer shorts. He was observed to have several sutures, both above and below his right eye, which were still in place. The skin is somewhat Others. 
So this 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 happened right before they let you out? Mm-hmm. I saw their guards, I started riding, and see the 
I did a lot of problematic shit. I was real problematic on one thing because it wasn't true. I'm an older, so I was real violent. I was real lashing out onto others and stuff like that. So, but after a few in the, in the report, I had switched in my face for so long in myself, and I had called into my face two times, which resulted in 40 stitches. Oh, wow. Before I had gotten to it. Now, um, also, you um, yeah, so, you you had cut your throat, too, as well? Yeah, that was, that was a couple of times. I was a couple of times. Ooh. Wow. And was that because of voice commands, or? Yeah, voice commands and just feeling suicidal. Wow. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't really understand um, if you're telling someone, hey, don't let me out because, you know, I'm going to harm somebody. I don't understand why they still would, you know, let you out. Like, that doesn't make any sense. You know? And then you go, you know, like the LR 424 was in here doing the, uh, the, the administration people from the prison system, right? Mm-hmm. They said that they were scared to let me on the guard because I was going to kill somebody. They said that they were scared to let me on a prison yard where they had gun towers in prison, you know, security staff. They were afraid to let me out of that environment, but yet they let me go into some free with no, but what they wouldn't think. Set me up for pleasure, don't you? They didn't give me any kind of medication. I wasn't seeing any kind of doctors. Nothing. They didn't give me no referrals to no doctors. You know, mental health, none of that. Wow, they just let you out. And I told them why they wanted to get out. I didn't want to get out. I swear to you. Listen to me. Please, beautiful black girl. If, 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 if time could be reversed and I could get a chance to go to the hospital, I would have went to the hospital. I, I would have gotten in front of the Board of Mental Health. Mm-hmm. I would have told that judge, and he said in Nebraska law, that if I would have told the judge that I'm really feeling dangerous and that and I would admit it to a prophet, gonna do the sacrifice to a prophet, they would have committed. They would have been forced to commit by Nebraska statute, by Nebraska law. And that's why they didn't want me to go for the board of middle, you know, because they, they were gonna have to treat me. They looked at me with some racism. They mm-hmm. looked at me with a no good black. A black black kid, or this is the other word, you know which word I mean, I just know what I'm saying. Right, yeah, I do. I know. And the word, mm-hmm. and, and they was like, we're not about to spend our time and money, we're not about to spend our time and money on this kid word. And we're going to let him suffer. We're going to make him suffer. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to take why it matters. The only reason why they got from Jeff Bowles is because I'm in a white woman. And she was a Because of what?
they, that's, when, that's a shock to their core. That's why they're doing all this illegal shit to me to try to kill me. Because they know that what they did, they caused that mother of three to be dead. They allowed me to be at least insane and psychotic and not aware of what I'm doing. And I'm under the control of these demons and they're forcing me to, to carry out these orders of death and destruction. Mm-hmm. That's very... I can't stop my disease from hurting my fear. I can't stop myself from hurting myself. I can't stop my mental illness from hurting me. I heard it splitting my own bones, carving into my body, cutting into my lips and my face and my just severe wounds to myself. If I can't stop something from hurting me, my mental illness from hurting me, think that I can stop it from hurting someone else. If I'm not medicated or I'm not giving you know, a treatment. And see, by now, I'm going uh, see a doctor five days a week, a psychologist, uh, for psychotherapy sessions, and I'm under antipsychotic injections every 24 days. Wow. Do you have any side effects from those from those injections, may I ask? Not really, because I still work out as well. It's not bad. It's just, uh, I don't know. I don't really know the stuff. Sometimes I get like cramps, like cramps in my muscles. No, I see. I see. I mean, it's a very unfortunate. <laughs> I don't know. I'm glad you read that into the record. I'm glad I had enough time to read that into the record because that's going to be something interesting for you to read into the record. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just very unfortunate, you know, your situation and everything. And, you know, um, it's just it's just crazy how how fickle the law can be as you know um my podcast is about you know healing and stuff like that from you know trials and tribulations and everything can you kind of tell me like your experience you know from healing if you've been able to heal at all while you've been you know in prison well i haven't been really able to heal i'll be constantly questioning my my sadness and my that nature, but um, but um, that's something that I was that was that I was seeking out you for to help me with, you mm-hmm. know, to, to basically help me that process of healing. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, you know, um, I've been through a lot of things in my life, um, and the way that I've dealt with, you know, anything that I've gone through, of course, is by prayer. I don't know if you're big on praying, praying or anything like that, but definitely prayer and like meditation and stuff like that. And, you know, seeking into your yourself, you know, that's that's how I've dealt with like pain and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I lost faith and I've been kind of like basically indulging in the dark side and doing the stuff that the demons and stuff want me to do and stuff like that because they basically had to possess, like still to this day, this very day, I'm still possessed by them. And, um, I was trying to get a Catholic priest to kind of deliver me from him. Like you said, you, you have you ever like you know like I said, have you do you have a Bible at all? 
Okay. I would tell you to read um, the book of Psalms. Um, there's a lot of scriptures in there that's very touching that I think may help you. You know, if that's something that you would want to do, the book of Psalms. Yeah, I would say looking. know that's the main thing you know you have to take it day by day it's not an easy process like I said I you know I've always believed in God but there was a point where like I I didn't really turn away from him but it was kind of like you I lost faith and I just kind of went astray but you know through you know prayer and deliverance I was able to you know refine him and just start the healing process and I really pray that that happens for you um that's why I told you the book of Psalms um that's you know, the book that I read to, you know, get me back on track. Yeah, and the main thing is that I was just trying to find a help, like, sponsor page to help get in the journey, and I always wanted to be really helping with that, and because basically my, my public defender is not working for me, it's part of this conspiracy against me, they're trying to keep my, my, because basically every six months, the prison system and my psychiatrist, psychologist, they say that I'm going to be disabled because of my mental illness, and they give me forced anti-psychotic injections every month, and that that alone will stop them from executing me. Mm-hmm. And, but my, my, my now attorney, he's not having, he's not trying to push for the competency hearing, and all he has to do is file a motion and mm-hmm. request the competency hearing. So basically, I've been trying to do it myself. Mm-hmm. I'd um, also like to talk more about um, your your childhood a little bit more, if that's okay. Um, um, Can you talk about, I had did a little reading on um, that you went through um, a little bit of abuse. Um, Can you kind of talk a little bit about that, if that's okay? Like you have a lot of built up anger because of that. Wow. Um, was there anything that um when these things occurred, um, was there anything that you tried to do in a positive to try to help you cope with, you know, the environment that was, you know, that you were in and what was going on? Um, did you, um, how was the relationship with your mom? I know you spoke a little bit um, about your mom. How, how was the relationship with her? Well, 
Well, long bless you, my mom. Good as always, baby. She's my number one supporter and love me unconditionally. And she's always been there for me, so I always have a real relationship with my mother. That's she good. She's my Mm-hmm. That's good. What about um? What about like the rest of your family, like your dad? How was your relationship with him? My dad, he's good. My dad, he just had dad needs like selling drugs and you know using people and helping. Just people and stuff like that. But um, I love my dad. He had a good relationship. He took care of me growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything at this moment that comes to your heart that you want the listeners out there to know? Just anything? right now that you um, do in prison that kind of keep your mind at ease? Like, I know you mentioned, um, you know, you work out and stuff. Is there anything else that you do? Do you have, like, any friends or anything that you've met? Uh, no, not really. But I just uh, watch TV, listen to music, work out, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. What, what kind of music do you listen to? Like, who's your favorite uh, artist? Well, uh, like, I like a lot of Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, how how often do you work out every day? Is that is that kind of like therapeutic for you? No, it's like four days, four days out of the week, most of the time. Oh, okay, okay. Also, I wanted to ask you, and um, please let me know if this is, you know, maybe too much of a question for you. Um, if you had a chance to um, speak to, um, like, any of the, 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 the families of the victims, um, what would you want to say to them? I just want to say to them that I'm, I'm so sorry that this, this, this tragedy against took place. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to get out of prison. I knew that I was going to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get treatment before I was released. I was like, but they didn't release me. And mm-hmm. I can't stop. I've been released from hurting myself. So obviously, I can't stop from hurting someone else, but I can't stop them from hurting myself. So here. Right, right, right. That's understandable. I wasn't responsible for my actions. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't responsible for my actions. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I feel out of your control. And, you know, it is something that should have been handled in in the right way. And, you know, I I really, 
I, I, I do truly from my heart feel for you, your situation. And, you know, I would love to see it get better for you. No problem. No problem. I know we just spoke a little bit briefly about, you know, religion and stuff like that. Um, but would there would there ever be a time where you would, you know, think about accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior at, at some point? Um, you know, again, my, my podcast is about yeah, healing. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I want you to help with that journey. Yeah. And I believe in the Lord, and like I said before, even God's scripture says that once you, once you accept that Jesus Christ died for my sins, no more can you snatch me out your hand. So, basically, I've already accepted Christ in my life because I can come back to him in prayer. Mm-hmm. I want to, um, do you have a pen and paper handy by chance? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, Hold on one second. And this is to help you. Um, I want to give you this scripture. It's in Psalms, like I was telling you before. And, you know, again, I, I really feel like you reading the book of Psalms will help you with everything that you're, you know, you're dealing with the possessions and the voices and everything. I, I really do. So it's Psalms um, uh, verse one, if you can write that down and read it and just pretty much read the whole the whole book of that Psalms one. Yeah. I think that'll definitely help you. Cause like I said, there was a, a point in my life where I, you know, I was on a, a path to destruction. So uh, that's, you know, one of the main reasons I wanted to reach out to you, Nico, because, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you can heal and do better and, and, you know, be the person that you were, really initially sent here to be. Because, you know, like you was like like you were saying, you know, the, the media is something else. And, you know, when you don't personally personally know a person, you can't, you know, make them into this horrible person until you know who they are. And the media can be so cruel. So is there um anything else that you know you want? No, just the, the fact that I'm just trying to Absolutely. Um, I'll, you know, the listeners will definitely hear this and, you know, I will reach out to some people myself that I know personally and, you know, see what we can do to, you know, help you out. You know, I'm willing to help in any way I can. Yeah. The thing is that, um, 
basically the, the person that presides over that cash app is, is also helping you with my legal fund. So mm-hmm. that the the donations can go to that cash app number. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I, I got the number, so that's fine. Well, well whenever somebody well, whenever somebody sends uh donations to the cash app, they have to put a text to it saying that this is for Nico. Okay. Just in, in general, like, you know, how is how do you go about, you know, day to day, um, just dealing with, you know, being from, from the outside world, like, you know, I know you said, you know, you like, you still hear voices and stuff like that, but you know, how, like, what's your schedule like in, in prison? Like you have a certain time you get up or. Well, when I wake up, I, I, I wake up on, uh, drink coffee and stuff, and, you know, uh, normal day to day stuff, I can see black rooms, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just be start listening to music from the time I wake up. Uh, start watching TV and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I watch you know, you know, you know, mm-hmm. And I just, you know, like, I, I walk my room, it's pretty big, so I walk back to my room. Like, I walk back to work in my room. Mm-hmm. No, no, I know. I really have been lost. I, 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 I have been. I really have been lost when I'm bored. Though, and that's something that I hope I can come back to. And into the nature more about glory to my God, because I know that that's what I'm doing. It's going to be better for me to help. Right. Right. Um, so what what had happened? I know you had said that you um, had a priest or something try to come and talk to you. Did what, did you hear voices or something when when that happened? Yeah, priest did try to come talk to me, but um, uh, issues they they the demons the demons just told me to not talk to him, not to uh, communicate with him and stuff like that, and call him names and stuff like that. I don't know, which is crazy. Wow. Wow. And I, I know that um, I had read that you sometimes you don't sleep well. How is that? Is, is your sleeping better or you still kind of struggle with that? I still kind of struggle with that. But, um, it's been better though. Like I've been sleeping lately. A little bit better. But I still wake up to all hours of the night though. Mm-hmm. And what do you kind of do to, you know, help you go back to sleep? Do you, you know, like listen to music? You know, you say you listen to music. Is there anything else that you do? No, I just try to fight it and just try to call myself that I'm tired and just go back to sleep. Most of the time I go back to sleep because I wake up a lot. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Um, are there any kind of like programs or anything that you're in in the prison that, you know, you kind of like, I don't know. What they what they have there, but no, no, okay. Yeah, I, I definitely want you to read the Book of Psalms. Um, I I really feel like that will you know once again help you out, you know spiritually, and you know help you help you fight fight your demons. Hmm. Yeah. 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 And I, I feel like, honestly, and, you know, just, you know, speaking on, you know, a lot that I've been through in my life, you know, God is more powerful than anything, you know, 
you know, Satan is powerful, but not as powerful as God. So I do feel like at some point you can fight this and you will, and you'll overcome. Yeah. Oh, no problem. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'll make sure I make that happen for you. Thank you so much for your time, Nico. You take care. Thank you. So um, what else did you want to talk about as far as your childhood and everything? Um, so, you know, maybe just talk a little bit more about, you know, your childhood and, you know, more of what you were exposed to, you know, that led to, you know, your anger and everything like that. And Well, really, it's not anger, it's, it's psychotic episodes. It's a difference, like, there's a difference between anger and somebody having a psychotic, uh, mental break. Mm -hmm. It's two different things. Okay. Most of the time when people are angry, they still aren't aware of what they're doing. But when somebody has a psychotic episode, they're literally not aware of what they're doing in their action, and they're not conscious of it. Okay, so basically, it's kind of like you black out and like you don't remember anything. You come back to. You know, up until the beginning of it, and then like usually at the end of it, you remember stuff. Oh, okay, okay. See, I never knew that. Okay. So, um, like, you know, what kind of, you know, else happened, um, you know, in your childhood? Well, when I was a kid, I know that I used to suffer a lot of childhood abuse, like, like, like physical abuse. And uh, I know that that physical abuse is what caused me to lash out in violence towards the other people and have my my mental illness being worse than it was because basically my brain I was sustaining brain injury I was sustaining brain injury because of the traumas that I was suffering like I can remember times when I used to get beat and like strangled with stitching cords and beat with stitching cords and hit with brooms on my head oh my and then like I remember like when I was like on the after I got done being with a stitch cord, I remember I was on the ground of a hardwood floor, and my older sister, she stomped on the back of my head and my face, and my teeth hit the ground, and I can still, like, remember that, that feeling going through my brain, like, like, like the pain shooting through my, my teeth and through my brain, but that was a moment that I know for a fact I sustained some, 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 some traumatic brain injury. And then, like, I remember one time, um, I was getting whooped outside. I was getting whooped outside, mm -hmm. and my my, uh, my 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 mom actually did this one, and I never understood it, you know, because my mom loves me and gives me anything that I wanted, but she would, sometimes she would like lose it, go 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 get real angry and lose her temper and start abusing us. You know what I mean? But um, she 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 was whooping me outside, and I was on the concrete, and then she started banging my head against the concrete. Oh. 
and like I was probably like I was probably like I couldn't have been no more than like seven years old, seven years old at that time. And then uh, she took me in the house and started whooping me with sticky cord and strangled me with it. And like I remember like stuff like that that used to happen to me when I was a little boy. You know what I mean? And I was too small to to be able to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And um. Um, all the time that I was getting, and then I used to get whooped a lot, like more than that. But the, those are just instances that I can remember that severe things used to happen to me, and I know that they affected my brain chemistry and mm-hmm. just the development of my disorder. Wow, Jesus Christ! Um, what about um, things with your with your dad? Was was he um, sometimes abusive, or you just witnessed, um, like you had stated before, you just witnessed a lot of stuff with him? Well, he abused me sometimes, not not to the severity point of what my sisters and my cousins and them used to do to me, but um, like he used to more like more so like make me clean up blood from when he hurt people because like he's so cracked. My dad sold crack cocaine growing up, so, like, people would come up short on his money, and he had this wooden, big axe handle that he used to beat people with. And sometimes he would beat the, the crackheads with, and there'd be blood all over the kitchen floor and in his house, and blood all over the, the white towels, because I remember the, the floor used to be tiled, like white towels. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember that blood being all over in the, in the kitchen. And see if he would make me clean that blood up, you know. And uh, I used to be feeling so sad. Sometimes it would be women. Sometimes it would be beating women, men. And sometimes I could hear their screams, like like them yelling and screaming, begging my dad to stop. And uh, I remember when I used to love my, I loved my dad, and I always wanted to be around him because I loved him so much. But absolutely. He was very violent and he was very, uh, very explosive to be violent, you know what I'm saying? And the, the crazy part was that he used to scare me to my core, man, because I remember I used to be upstairs in my room, where the room that I had in this house, and then they'll start screaming and I hear that crack of that, that, that axe handle, like, I can literally hear it all the way upstairs from when he was hitting them in their head with it, like, and it would crack, it would make a cracking sound. Mm-hmm. And I, I used to be so scared, man. Like I remember being upstairs in the room, and I used to be shaking and crying to myself and telling myself that I wish he'd stop. I wish he'd stop. Mm-hmm. And then I would go downstairs after he would yell for my name. He would tell me to come down there and clean up stuff, and I'd be cleaning up the blood. And I, I remember I used to be trying to hold in my tears and hold in my crying because I didn't want him to see that I was crying. I didn't want him to get mad at me and say that I was weak. Because mm-hmm. basically my father, my father was from Collins, Mississippi. So, you know, he had that old school boys don't cry and be tough and stuff like that mentality. Yeah. So, and I remember like when I used to get kicked out of school, like my dad would positively reinforce negative behavior. So, like, if I would get kicked out of school for beating up kids in school or fighting my teachers, he would he would he would make me reenact how I did it mm-hmm. and be laughing about it and be laughing about it. So he he, he liked it when I was bad. He so he praised you. So he praised you, know? you when you did bad things. 
kind of. Yeah, he praised me. Yeah, basically, yeah, that's what I mean. He gave me positive reinforcement for negative actions. I'm really so sorry. that kind of that kind of morphed that kind of morphed my thought process and my thinking of the world of how I'm supposed to conduct myself and my behavior and the things that I do and that's why my his, my childhood was so filled with you know stealing stuff because I used to keep, I used to even go everything I did was basically fueled by my voice commands like mm-hmm. even when I was a child everything that I did I stole stuff I beat up people I did things like I stabbed my sister Sophia when she, when I was twelve years old. You know, I mean, off of voice commands. Everything that I was doing was always from the voice commands and me not being treated for my mental illness. Right. And so, so I remember when. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I remember when I went to the hospital to the to the psychiatric hospital when I was eight years old and I was committed to the hospital for fourteen days. I even told the doctor that the the the, the, the psychiatrist that I see uh, black spirits in my room, and I was telling her that voices tell me to steal, voices tell me to do bad things. Mm-hmm. Wow. When you um when you had um stabbed your sister, you um just stated what what did, what did your mom or dad do when that happened? Well, my mom and him called the, uh, the police. And then I went to the juvenile detention center for three months. Mm-hmm. And then I had to, my, my sister had to come and testify that she wasn't scared of me at the uh, juvenile court so that I can come back home because they wasn't going to let me back out until she testified that she wasn't afraid of me. But it's kind of like, it was kind of like, it's kind of like all the abuse that my sister did to me, that was nothing compared to all the things she did to me. I mean, besides the voices that you said you had, do you think that might have just been you just like acting out like just like towards anger towards her because of what she did to you? No, because we wasn't fighting or anything. It just happened. It was just out of the blue. It was just random. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Wow. Um, what else um, kind of, you know, went on, you know, um, like when you went to like juvenile and stuff, like what type of things happened? Did you, I know you said you were like in a lot of fights, you caused a lot of riots and stuff, or did that happen like as you got to be, you know, an adult? That happened when I was like 18, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, even all that stuff was all just uh, a product of my mental illness and me not being treated for my mental illness and not being under medication because I was getting um, when I get into psychotic episodes, I'm, I'm very violent, but I'm very uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. And you, like you said, you don't, like, when you get into these um, psychotic episodes, you don't really, like, recall what you do when you come back to? The only the things that I remember is the beginning, before it happens, and then the end. The end of it, when I come out of it, most of the time. And it's like, basically, it's like my, I see like a whole bunch of snow, like little white dots, like little white dots. I can see little white dots that are little circles. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they're like, but they're like clouding my vision. So like, there's, there's a whole bunch of dots over my eyes. Like, 
So it's kind of like it's weird. It's it's, a, it's 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 hard to explain, but that's basically what I see. I see these little clear circles, little clear circles. Wow. Do you remember what um? Do you remember what caused the riot, or is just something that you wanted to do? Or was that a voice command? That was a voice command after my my my, my brother, uh, one of my friends, closest friends. He had got beat up in a fight, and uh, it was kind of like. I lost, I, it triggered me. It triggered me to have a psychotic episode out of the love that I had for him and the care and concern for him. Mm-hmm. So, like, the thing about with me and my mental illness is that things can trigger my psychotic episodes. Like, um, certain things and little things that, that ordinary people would not see something being wrong with them or being, being sincere or, or bad. Or it wouldn't make somebody else mad or affect them. It will trigger me to have a psychotic episode. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's like just the least little thing can just make you snap. Yeah. Okay. I'm better now because I'm under medication and I take right. a psychotic, anti-psychotic injection every month. So I don't really have any of those psychotic breaks. But I do still have the psychotic thoughts in the thought process and the voice commands and the hallucinations. I still have that stuff, mm-hmm. but it's not as it's not as it's not as bad. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to read scripture on the scriptures I gave you? Yeah, I did. Um, but it's like the the other thing is that it's kind of it's kind of like I, I I've been stuck in a place of feeling like God is like curse me and like is, is like doesn't doesn't love me because I've been so bad and things that I've done and I know that that's not true but that's what the that's what the demons keep telling me because well, I keep entertaining them yeah yeah well that's you know like you said that's definitely not true he loves us all and you know he, he wants to have mercy over all of us you know um but you know I do understand that you know you being in a, a certain like mind frame so long, you start to think like, mm, you know, does God is God really real? Does He love me? Like, why has He allowed all these things to happen? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about with your, you know, your childhood that's you know on your heart right now? had a chance to like talk to your mom about how you felt about some of the things she did or any of your siblings? No, not really. It's kind of like just let it go. I just love her and just, just focus on her cousin and being. Mm-hmm. I just love her because she's always been there for me though. She never abandoned me though. That's one thing I will say. My mom takes care of me. She's still there for me. So it's kind of like I just forgave her. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's good. That shows that you have a heart. You know, I know some things can be kind of, you know, hard to get over. And, you know, forgiveness sometimes isn't the easiest. I know that from personal experience, but, you know, it's something that you have to do so that you can have some form of peace with yourself. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. It's just, um, uh, um, like, the things that I went through when I was a kid, man, it's just, like, I remember, like, when, uh, when one of the times when my dad had beaten this, uh, this lady, uh, I forgot her name, I never knew her name, but, and she left the house all bloody and stuff, mm-hmm. and, uh, I, I remember that my dad had killed her. And, and the reason why I knew that is because she, when the last time that I seen her, she was all bloody. And then, like a day later, it was on the news that she got found dead. And I was like, oh man, I couldn't believe that. That was like that was like a real shock to my conscience that I knew that my dad was that type of person. But at the same time, it's like my grandmother was a killer. You know what I mean? My grandmother killed my my her her daughter's boyfriend. And made her take the rap for it. So it's like, it's crazy because it's like I come from a very long history of, of family violence. Like, mm-hmm. my, my family history is very violent and very traumatic. Mm-hmm. So, like, that, all of that stuff is what shaped me into being, becoming what I, what I would become today. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't, I don't, I want people to know, the main thing that I want people to know is that I'm not my mental illness. As a person, I'm not an angry, vengeful, spiteful person. I'm a good-hearted, loving person. I love to laugh. I love to be happy. And the, and the, mm-hmm. the, the violence that comes out of me is psychotic episodes that can be treated with medication and can be treated with, with, you know what I mean, with a therapeutic environment of a hospital. Mm-hmm. And right now, you know, I'm showing that because I haven't hurt nobody in 10 years that I've been locked up almost. And it's almost been, uh, on the 29th of August, it have been nine years that I didn't hurt nobody since I've been arrested. So. Mm-hmm. And you said you get the injections monthly or, or daily? No, uh, tw- every 21 days or every 28 days or something. Okay. It's like every once a month. Okay, and, and you said that, and, uh, that helped you out. Yeah, they they helped me. They helped me better regulate my moves and regulate my psychotic episodes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Um, I know you said that you watch TV and stuff. Are there like any type of shows that you like or? So I like a lot of football, basketball, stuff that comes on when, it, when it's football season and stuff like that. It's about to be football season again. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have a particular like team you like? Of, a particular what? Team. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I like the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, okay, okay. Cool. 
school. Yeah, well, uh, like I watch some type of shows, but it's kind of hard for me because, like, the medication kind of makes me not be able to focus like I used to. That's one of the side effects of it. So sometimes I don't really watch TV. I like to watch a lot of news, though, like CNN and stuff like that and stay up to date on what's going on in the world. Yeah. How did, um, did... COVID really affect the prison a lot? Like, how did, how did, how did you deal with COVID? Well, people were getting it. People were getting it, but I got vaccinated with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Uh, I never got it, though. Uh, people were getting it here, and they were just quarantining and getting vaccinated and stuff like that, so. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Was it bad up there? Like, I know every state was, um, you know, affected differently in Nebraska. Was it really bad, like outside the prison? Do you know of? Uh, yeah, it was. It was pretty high at one point in time, but it dropped off when the when the vaccine came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was bad here too in Atlanta. It was pretty bad. But um, is there anything else that um, you know? that, you know, happened, you know, with their childhood, you know, that you kind of, lot of you know, want to express out? Well, uh, at, uh, at one time, uh, one of my girl cousins did molest me, like, and that, I think, I think that was one of the things, too, that it was a childhood trauma that I suppressed for a long time, but I was like five years old at the time that it happened. And, um, yeah, she, she made me do something with her, like oral sex to her. And I was a little five-year-old kid. And, uh, that was something that I didn't ever tell nobody because I was ashamed of it. But at the same time, um, it, it just made me, it made me feel like weak. But at the same time, it made me. Like, I know now that I wasn't weak for that because I was a little boy and she was a 17-year-old girl, teenager, so she knew what she was doing. She mm-hmm. was she was old enough to know better. Mm-hmm. Did um did but, that uh, did that affect like your relationship with women as you got older? Did it? No, uh, not really. But it it uh it just made me it just made me all of a sudden just like growing up. It just made me kind of have. This fear, this fear of, of intimacy, stuff like that, like just not wanting to be truly open up and expressing to women. But at the same time, like I, I had my relationships and I did, you know, I uh, had a sex life and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like in the back of my mind, it just was always, it more so made me mad that it happened to me than, than, than anything else. It kind of like was a trigger. Like mm-hmm. a trigger from my psychotic rage, because mm-hmm. I felt like the little boy was helpless and stuff like that. Yeah, did you um at all have anyone um when a lot of stuff was going on? Did you have anyone to try to talk to, or is just one of them things you just had to hold in and deal yeah, with? Yeah, my aunt. Your aunt. Yeah, my aunt. My aunt Cordella. My aunt Cordella that raised me. She's one guy who's always talked to, me, but. Her, I didn't tell her a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but she, I used to just talk to her about what was going on at home and stuff. And she used to just protect me by keeping me at her house all the time. So, mm-hmm. 
that's how I was like growing up. I stayed with her for a long time, a lot of time of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And I knew that if I was over her house, I would be protected from the, the violence. Right, right. So this is pretty much almost kind of like the most you've ever opened up about your childhood? Yeah, except for when I talked to the uh, Andrew Dodge and the uh, un, un, I think, uh, Unforgivable Truth or something. There's a podcast that I did. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you listened to it, but... Yeah, I, I, I heard a little bit of it. I did. Yeah, but I, I didn't really tell him. I, don't, I, don't, I think I told him this stuff, but... I don't really recall, but anyway, I'll tell you again, though, just because it's, it's a different podcast. Mm-hmm. You have a different audience. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, my, my podcast is about healing and you know, healing from your, your, your trauma. Cause I tell everybody, you know, it starts from your childhood, you know, and it procrastinates to your adulthood. So you have to heal from yeah. your, you know, from the youth so that you can, you know, at least heal in your adulthood, you know? Yeah. That's so important. Yeah. 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 Other than that, I was just, I don't know, man. And how how old I'm are just you? Going through the moment. Um, uh, right now. Yeah. Thirty five. I'll be thirty six in September. Oh, okay. I just turned thirty six. Uh, this past Friday. Oh yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. So you're an eighty six baby. <laughs> you know, eighty six September. Okay. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, anything else that you would like to share or, you know, get off your chest? Well, uh, just the thing is, I just want people to know that I'm a, I'm, I'm a sweetheart and my, and my, my spirit and my soul. And mm-hmm. I love to live, love to laugh, I love to be people person and stuff like that and I just want people to know well I want people to read the LR 424 and yes I did download that help. I did download that and I will share yeah. it yeah and I want to pe- I want to try to have, tell people to go to my GoFundMe page mm-hmm. uh, the Nico Jenkins GoFundMe page and help me so I can find an attorney I can pay for an attorney to help me get to the hospital Okay. And stuff like that, and that's what I really, that's what I really want to know. Okay. Know you, about that GoFundMe page, and if you can, can you share it? Go to the uh, link. Sure. I'll send you a text message with the GoFundMe, and then like share it online. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I'll I'll make sure I share it. For sure. So, do you um do you still sing like in your spare time? You know, in your room, do you still sing, or you don't really? I haven't been. That's what's so crazy is that I haven't been, but I I, I do need to because that singing is healing. That's another mm-hmm. healing element. But see, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna just sing my favorite female vocalist songs. Like I like to do that, like because I can mimic their voices. Mm-hmm. I like to sing. I like to sing their songs, like Whitney Houston and I love Whitney. Like good songs. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And, um, I just like to like. 
like I can sing those type of songs and make me feel good. But yeah, that's what I'm gonna start doing again. Would if, if I were to ask you to sing on here, would you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <You're> like, yeah. <laughs> so what song would you want to sing? Uh, I don't know. Maybe an Adele song. Okay. I don't know. We can save that for next time, though. <laughs> oh, you're not ready? No, I'm not ready. I got to get my music out. I got to oh. get my music out. I can... I can, uh, but if my voice doesn't sound the same on this phone, no, I noticed that, though. Like, when I sing it, and I, like, I'm being recorded by, like, a DVD player, uh-huh. then it, it sounds good. But it, it still sounds good, but uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, if you want me to, I'll do something for you, know, just because. Yeah, let me uh, hear, because you have a nice voice. Okay. Because <laughs> I know that. I know that your listeners would like me too. Yeah, that too. You know, we want to. We want to see. You know, the side on, that you are. I gotta turn on. Yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> turn on this music. Okay. I gotta turn on this music. I can know the words to the song because some of it I don't know. I'm gonna sing Adele. I like Adele. Okay. I like Someone Adele. Someone like you. Huh? Someone like you. Yesterday 
Her voice is just so unique. I love her. You did a really good job. Yes, yes, very soulful. Thank, thank you. you, thank you for that. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I, I kind of did. <laughs> it's all right. I ain't tripping because I want your listeners to know that part of me too. Yeah, you should yeah of listeners course. To know that that part of my heart, and then know that I'm a good-hearted person. Is that I love, I love to sing. I love to make happy and I hope my voice can make someone happy. Yeah. They can listen to my voice and I find peace and my voice. Yeah. Have you ever thought about like going professional with it or you know? Yeah, I've been trying to I've been trying to make some uh DVDs. The next time that I make one I'm gonna make another DVD and I'm gonna make it out to a a a producer. Like I'm gonna make the song I'm gonna I'm gonna write a song and then I'm going to tell the producer that I'm sending this out to him and that I want him to look at this song. Mm-hmm. So that's my one of my goals. And I'm going to put, I, I actually got a song that I had wrote, that I had already recorded in the, on a uh, DVD. And my cousin has it. She has that song, uh, that song, Adele's song on the DVD too. Mm-hmm. But um, the one that I did write and that I signed, she, uh, she has a DVD. That's all positivity right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah. Is there, um, you know, anything else you'd like to, you know, want the listeners to know, you know, that, you know, you feel would be helpful? Uh, just uh, people to go to uh, www.gogettingout.com. That's the new website for us to email me and people can hit me up in email and stuff like that. www.gettingout.com Gettingout.com
www.jpaymedianow.com. Okay. Why do you, do you know why they stopped that JPay or they just wanted something? I don't different? know. I think they contact just they contact right now. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Cool. Is there um any type like what type of foods and stuff do you like? Like, what's your favorite dish? Uh, chicken breast, fried chicken, uh, broccoli, rice, and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Now, I wanted to um also ask you. I forgot to ask you. Are you um half Native American? Um, yeah, about twenty five percent. I'm Native and Cuban and Black. My mom is Native and Cuban. Her dad was Cuban and her mother is Native American, and my dad is Black. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Cool, cool. Yeah, I have um. On my father's side, I'm uh, Cherokee. Oh yeah. Yeah, my cool. my uh, great grandmother was uh, Cherokee and Irish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, be sure to start that new uh, that new account for an email so I can we can talk and set up another day. Sure. And, uh, do interviews and stuff. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely do that. Um, again, is there um you know anything else? No, that's it. I was gonna tell you I'm I'm good for today, and uh, thank you for your time. I appreciate you. Too. No problem. I appreciate but, uh, you. Too. I wish you could. I wish you could try to. I wish you 